January 1993, I was assigned to go undercover in the outskirts of Waco, Texas. There were concerns over illegal automatic weapon ownership on this large compound run by the name of David Koresh. This compound is the home of a Christian cult known as the Branch Davidians. The FBI needed proof of illegal activity for an arrest warrant, and it was my job to find it. Hey, you're uh, Robert, right? David Koresh did not look like how one would picture a cult leader to look. Or, as the Branch Davidians called him, a prophet. Wanna try a hand at this one? Say, uh, I love guns and all, but what's the use for this many of them? The Battle of Babylon is coming. We need to be prepared. David prophesied this apocalyptic final battle, in which non-believers would arrive at the compound as this final test of faith. Service starts in about 15 minutes. I look forward to seeing you there. The moment David Koresh opened his mouth, I understood how he had such a large following. He had such a profound understanding of the Bible. It was as if he himself wrote it. This ability alone was enough to draw in around a hundred members from all around the world. If he told everyone the sky was pink, they'd believe it. No one would ever question a prophet. Life in the compound didn't seem all that bad. Every family was happy and healthy. Every life necessity was provided. Within these walls was a fully functioning community. But then I looked a little closer. There were around 40 children on the compound. Some children came here with their parents, others were born here. There was something about the uh, dynamics of these families that threw me off. Excuse me, ma'am, you're Judy, right? Yep, that's right. How are you liking it here, Robert? It's, uh, it's been great, yeah. Isn't David just incredible? My eyes were drawn towards the child on her lap. Judy's husband and her older children were African-American. This child on her lap was white. Your child is quite beautiful. I'm sure you and your husband must be proud. Oh, we sure are. We couldn't be more honored for the opportunity to help bring one of David's children of God into this world. That night, as I was heading to bed, I saw David standing outside of his room with an 11-year-old girl. A few moments passed, and they went inside. I would later learn that this girl was one of David Koresh's many wives. Women who entered the compound were subject to David Koresh's control in the name of God. I became determined to crack open someone within this compound, and if anyone was going to crack, it would be the husbands, ex-husbands, of all the women in the compound. Men were banned from having sex, excluding David. My best target was Judy's husband, Steve. Robert, how have you been? I've been just great, Steve. I've been just fine. How's Judy been? Oh, she's doing just fine. Don't you miss her at all? She's just right down the hall. Well, yeah, but like, do you have to share her with him? Not at all. That child just looks so much like David. I wasn't sure Why do if- you care so much about our- Who do you think you are? Sorry. Sorry, didn't mean to cause any harm. This conversation may have been the beginning of the end. By now, it was February, and the FBI was accumulating their plan to raid the compound. The evidence of illegal guns and statutory rape was enough for the warrant. The fate of the raid entirely depended on the element of surprise. David needs you in his office. Now. The element was gone. It's over, Robert. We know who you are.
We're not gonna kill you. We're also not gonna set you free to join your buddies. When you entered this compound, you became one of us. Go ahead, let them know we know they're coming. We're ready. I left the room and immediately alerted the FBI that the raid was no longer a secret. Despite this being the key to the success of the raid, the FBI sent the agents anyways. The day had finally come. Heavily armed agents had surrounded the compound. It wasn't long before the gunfire started. hours later, the battle ended. David Koresh was critically injured. Four agents and six Davidians were dead. Little did we know that this was just day one of a 51-day siege, the longest in American history. Over time during the siege, 14 adults and 21 children were released. There were still around 75 of us still inside, including 21 children. Every child that was released went without their parents under the orders of David Koresh. They were the lucky ones. The FBI blasted loud music and sounds of animals being slaughtered as a means of psychological torture. All night, every night, they kept us awake in an attempt to get David to surrender. Even if someone wanted to leave, going outside at any time brought a high risk of being shot on the spot. We spent the siege living off of rainwater and military rations that were stocked for an emergency, but none of that compared to the final day on the compound. We've given you enough chances to come out. You have left us no choice. They're spraying tear gas in here. Everybody grab a mask and go downstairs. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. The masks are too big for the kids. We're just gonna have to use towels. We don't All women and children down in the shelter, now. What's the plan, David? These kids are gonna die if we don't do something. God says to wait, so we will wait. Every woman and child spent the remainder of the siege in the underground shelter. They drove tanks through the walls in order to insert the gas. Their hope was that we would escape through the holes that they created. But these holes just made that area of the building collapse, trapping us inside. Fire! Fire! David, what do we do? This is the final battle. Those who refuse to die for God will face the wrath of his judgment. Leaving this compound is guaranteed eternal damnation. This is the prophecy. By now, the fire had consumed nearly the entire building. I fully believed I was going to die. I remember that I had a tape recorder provided by the FBI for me to document my findings. This is Robert Schaefer. Uh, I'm in the branch of the video compound and I can't see myself surviving this. So, if anyone somehow ever finds this, Heather, my beautiful, beautiful wife, I love you. Give our kids a hug and a kiss for me. Every day they come home, never, never take it for granted. I'll see you soon.
Out of the corner of my eye, I saw this light. I fully believed this had to be a hallucination. But when I had to choose between certain death and the possibility of life, I crawled towards the light. And I made it. The leather jacket I was wearing had mostly melted to my back. The skin on my hand had peeled off and was practically dangling by a thread. On the final day of the siege, there were around 80 of us inside the compound. I was one of the nine survivors. 21 children died in the fire, not including two pregnant women. David and Steve both died of gunshot wounds to the head. David's prophecy came true. The army of non-believers came to attack them as a test of faith from God. Those who fled the battle by escaping the compound were traitors. Something that keeps me up at night isn't just the horrors I witnessed inside the compound, but rather the prophecy itself. The act of preparation for the Battle of Babylon was what led to the battle itself. Perhaps the battle would never have happened if they didn't collect those guns. Maybe these people could have changed their fate. But maybe this was God's plan all along. Seeing what I saw, I'm not sure if I'll ever understand. What kind of God would kill all of these people?